everyone and welcome back to our podcast. This is Fiona here and I'm your host today. I'd like to welcome our first guest here today, Barbara Egan from ICU Steps. So welcome Barbara, thanks very much for coming in. Thank you for inviting me Fiona, it's great to be here. Great, could you just introduce yourself and give us a brief background then of oh. your ICU experience? Um, my ICU experience was quite unexpected 16 years ago, come to 16 years ago. Uh, I was 38 at the time. I got pneumonia and septic shock. I was in hospital for a couple of days before I ended up in ICU and I spent two weeks on a ventilator mm-hmm. and further nearly two weeks in hospital, I'd say into, uh, about a month altogether in hospital. Um, and that part was very scary, awful, everything. When I, got, when I got home though, I felt so isolated. My husband did also. There was nothing to, for, nowhere for us to turn. We didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was a shadow of my former self and for a year I was searching for somewhere um, and someone who would understand what I was going through and to help me because I thought I was slowly going mad mm. so the physical part is one one piece but it was the psychological and the cognitive part that really got me I couldn't remember names I became a different person completely and it scared me um, I found ICU steps in the UK online and they had only just set up and I said when I get a little bit better I'd love to go over and see what it's all about and Jimmy my husband and myself went over found out what it was about and said we'd love to set up something like that this in Ireland the only thing was that it was set up by an ICU nurse over there and they had a follow-up clinic and they in talking with patients they discovered that they could bring patients along and set it up together and so we were starting from the outside in if you like and we had to knock on many doors for quite a while uh, eventually we got a lovely group of nurses who said they'd join us, have a meeting with us. We met for over a course of a couple of months and we set up ICU Steps and we're now affiliated with ICU Steps in the UK. And in doing all of that, um, I got myself better in regards, I, I needed to go to counselling myself to help, but I was really lucky. I got a, a, a counsellor who was an ICU nurse in her former work and wow. um, so she understood everything I spoke about and anything any flashbacks I had so that was really really helpful I was really lucky in that and um, I learned a lot um, over the internet through ICU steps um, and realized there's a the commonality there with what people are, are suffering with and we just thought we don't want anyone else to go through this and if we can help somebody else it would be great so we're still going strong all these years later and um, I think this is our sixth year ICU steps and uh, we set it up with the nurses and patients that come along stay with us and help uh, new patients who arrive and okay. it's just a lovely yeah. informal safe place um, to say I'm scared and for us to say this is normal um, after what you've been through. Yeah, yeah. So that's the background. Wow. When you talked about flashbacks I suppose um, some of the common themes that would have been kind of discussed from patients previous experience of ICU is like nightmares kind of flashbacks yeah. you know that kind of thing um can you describe some of that so that yeah. some patients that are maybe might be listening might be able to relate to a little okay. bit more of some of your experiences in ICU it's a really common theme I think at every ICU steps meeting we have somebody mention uh, nightmares or flashbacks um, an example of one would be f- for me um, it was many many months later we were at a um, Justin Tesco and um, my husband went to, to, to get some change for the to put in the mm. to, to open the trolley and he went along and the la- I stood beside him and I was still very weak I wasn't myself I'd always be really close by Jimmy um, and 
the lady behind the desk clicked a pen. It was a four-topped pen, a four-coloured pen. And I literally ran out of the shop and I was on my knees. I was really, really upset. And Jimmy didn't know what had happened to me. Yeah. But actually, I was brought straight back into ICU because at the end of my bed was always a nurse and they'd have the big charts with the writing on them. And I know that they probably went back to doing that maybe when there was the, the cyber attack, but they that's what they used to have, this big sh sheet and writing. And I'd always see the pen clicking. So I was just in this ICU environment and I got really, really frightened. Wow. Um, and that's all it took for me. And patients would talk about uh, waking up in a cold sweat, having this recurring nightmare, always to do with something happening then, them not being safe or them being kidnapped or something happening with one of their family and they have this for months later mm. and a lot of the time it's recurring and uh, we see everybody nodding when when inside when we're chatting about this and now we're on zoom we're, yeah. we're not in the room so to speak at the moment but for them to have a witness that says that's really common and it could be from the illness itself or from the amount of medication that are, that's necessary and mm. um, when you're in ICU because the interventions are uh, quite cruel in times yeah. and yet then they have to happen yeah, um, and yeah. so it's sometimes it's, it's necessary to be really asleep but they can remember just things about being scared being trapped um, which is very understandable given mm. um, all the contraptions they're attached to um, and to hear that it's okay and to hear that this will kind of decrease in time and they, they can tell themselves I'm remembering what happened in ICU and I'm okay now. These sort of things can really help people mm -hmm. and they use that and seeing everyone else saying the same thing is, is helpful too and nice. um, that this happens for a while and it decreases over time yeah, yeah, um, so it is really common. Yeah. For your family then, how was their experience? You know, you mentioned your husband. How did he find the overall experience? Um, well, for Jimmy, I came home from hospital and I wanted to remember what happened and he wanted to forget. That's the only way I can put it. And he just wanted to get me home, forget about any of this. And he couldn't, of course, because it happened. But I wanted to know every detail. How was I asleep for nearly two weeks? Like, what, what did I do all day? What did you do all day? You know, there was... And and then and did I did did I shout out or what you know I, I'd always ask like how long did I, who was with me all of the time and Jimmy would say to me actually they used to call me Nurse Jimmy because when I hold your hand you'd always calm down even even if I if you felt my presence there and it always meant any intervention was easier when I was around so they nicknamed me Nurse Jimmy and um, everybody soon realised that Jimmy was okay with any interventions and that he didn't squirm about anything. Mm. And they left him be because he, he was nice and calm. And in actual fact, he was helpful um, in, in keeping me nice and calm. Um, he, was, he was really shook up mm. when I got home and he had to look after me. I was a busy mother with two young boys, 10 and 12, mm. and I could do nothing for them. I, you know, they're, they were involved in all sorts of sports, you know, rugby and Gaelic was one guy, Taekwondo and boxing the other guy and, and I couldn't go to anything I couldn't I, I couldn't gauge my distance if I, I, I couldn't get into the car if I was walking I thought oh gosh people are coming too fast towards me I, I just couldn't step back into life for mm. I would say it took nearly it was a year and a half I say Jimmy says too but just little by little he felt a little bit safer 
that I was getting better. If I got a cough, he was right down to the doctor. He had the doctor on, you know, speed dial um, because he was frightened that I would end up being really sick again mm -hmm. because he had no guidance what to do with me. Um, and he just thought, well, maybe we just get on with life. But in actual fact, I was a shell. Nice. Um, and a lot of people describe being like that. So yeah. that's not, it's not unusual to hear that yeah. now. So it just took, you know, time, determination, motivation. I'm a very, um, I'm, a, I'm a person who just gets going, doing things. And I guess that just came through again in the mm. end for yeah. me. Um, you know, I just had goals. So yeah, yeah Jimmy was scared. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And would you have any advice then for families or anybody who's just come out of ICU mm -hmm. um, for that time period, as you spoke about, kind of, is there any advice that you'd give to them to help support them during yeah. that time as well? To find out as much as possible as they can okay. about what to expect in recovery. A patient, they, they don't have the wherewithal when they're coming out of ICU. Their finish line is I want to get to that door and, and leave. Mm -hmm. But it's actually a start line. It's not a finish line at all. And it's a whole new world they're coming out to. And family get the, the best and the worst of every, every patient who leaves. It's not their fault, but they kind of pick out everything on the family. And then they might not want to tell their family how frightened they are. They might think, I've put them through enough already. Even though they haven't, these things happen and it's nobody's fault. But for Jimmy would say, I know if he was here, get as much information as you can. ICU steps, we give leaflets to every hospital, so give it to a family member if you can, because a patient may not even want to look at it now. Yeah. And for them to take all the support that they can, they don't have to do it on their own. If people are wanting to help, say yes, thank you very much, and give everybody a task to make your life a little bit easier, yeah. so you can concentrate on looking after your loved one. The other thing I would say is that a lot of people mention their family wrapped them up in cotton wool and they won't let them out of their sight, and I notice that as well and I'd be fighting for a little bit of independence, mm. to let them, if they're showing that they want to do a little bit of something, let them do it and praise them and encourage them because you don't want someone to stay dependent on everybody else. You want to give them that chance to step back out and, and you know, to kind of step in where they left off. Maybe not the same person, they're, they're, they are changed. It's a family crisis, everyone's changed. Yeah. But to learn as much as they can about what they can do for themselves and what they can do for their loved one is is what I would say. Okay. Uh, so educate the family and maybe for staff to let the family know that this is a really big deal. Um, and a lot of the time it's like, oh, you're very lucky now, here you go and you're going home. Mm -hmm. But in actual fact, they are very lucky because they survived. And everybody has so much praise for ICU staff to get them to that place that they can actually see their family again and be with their family because not everybody's so lucky. Yeah. But at the same token, they're also very unlucky to get so unwell yeah. and to be facing mortality like that is yeah. a really big deal too. So education, I would yeah. say, and support, take all the support they can get. Yeah. So for nurses, so for ICU nurses, so the advice would be to kind of educate the families and the patient early on, do you yes, think? Yes, I would say to so. To kind of give them advice of what might come in yeah. the future. You know, and, and to put them to, put, you know, put them in touch with sites icusteps.org is we're affiliated with them but if they go on to icusteps.ie they can click on to icusteps.org they give so much information there's health talk online which is a, a, a forum as well that's very well managed and policed if you like so there's not anyone messing on that site it's really good yeah um icu steps look after that um they can you know you can tell family members they can give, give us a shout and um, they can you know talk to icusteps.ie 
or information at icusteps.ie and I'll give our number at the end yeah, again yeah. and they can call and just speak with somebody we might not phone back immediately because we all work and we're all volunteers mm -hmm. but somebody will be back we never miss a call we always speak with whoever has got in touch with us and sometimes even giving them a little bit of uh, point them in the right direction yeah. can always help and they can come to our support group they can join in dip in and out as much as they like and they meet other people who have been through not the same illness mm -hmm. but been through a critical care experience um, and they will understand and they can they're really encouraging it's a really really encouraging group we're all about promoting uh, positivity and in getting there and not we don't want to stick with somebody being you're an ICU patient for life mm. you're not you've had this experience but how do you get back into your life and that's what we're all about at the same time acknowledging that this was a really big deal for you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so exactly you yeah. know that's what so to let let you know tell staff to let you know patients and families maybe families more than patients mm. know about ICU steps because yeah. the patient may forget by the time yeah. they leave the hospital yeah great and I suppose with COVID everything's kind of online now and stuff so are the support groups they're <laughs> over zoom at the moment or is there um, a push to maybe do it more face-to-face -face in the future hopefully or well we we were face-to-face -face up until last February was our last uh, drop-in and we were in Crow Park Hotel and we were there every six weeks and then we had to change very quickly to Zoom. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, everybody was a bit hesitant about it. And we were all really nervous yeah. and saying, oh, what do we do? And then there were so many patients coming through hospital with COVID as well that were ending up in ICU, that the ICU, um, you know, the ICUs were filling up with people. And these are people that were leaving that maybe needed more support. Mm -hmm. So we just said, look, we'll do it. We'll try it and um, we'll see how it goes. It's worked out brilliant. Excellent. So for anyone who joins who doesn't really know much about technology, my husband Jimmy would talk them through it oh, and help them. And they always have somebody at home that might be able to help them. So we've gone from face-to-face -to, -face to Zoom. We're a little bit hesitant to go back to face-to-face -face just yet because this cohort of patients are very, yeah, very vulnerable. So and our venue is in a hotel and you just can't be sure of who's, uh, uh, you know, how safe or unsafe it is. And sometimes they might like the comfort of their own home, mm. but then there's still a number who say, we can't wait to see people face to face, have a cup of tea yeah. and walk around the room and talk to others. Yeah. So we're trying to make the best of a bad situation, but in actual fact, it got us in contact with people from all over Ireland who otherwise couldn't have made it up to Dublin for yeah, yeah. for a drop in for two hours. You know, yeah, they it's could kind of made it smaller nearly. Yeah, it you know, it's yeah. more accessible now yeah. for people. Yeah, yeah. So in in that respect, it's it's actually it, it's very good. And it just once you get over the the first day of oh gosh, this is really difficult. All eyes are on me. It's actually quite nice for patients to have all eyes on them and for people to be nodding and saying I understand because they might just speak with one or two people around the room of the support group but they they get a whole a whole different um set of ideas from people um and all of them are um have you tried this have you thought of that but knowing that you know what's best for you i don't know what's best for you well that's, that's good great. you know and how do people get in contact with you then for icu staff and um, so they can either phone us on 085 271 7281 okay. or they can do icu um, they look on our website and our dates are on that for our next drop in or send an email to information at icusteps.ie and we'll always get back and there are lots of um, there, are, there are lots of sites that help um, on our website we have those sites that are very very good with regards to what happens after ICU and how to help yourself so people can um, not only they, they might not want to come to us they might decide oh I don't really know what to do but there is no support out there 
there is nothing else and that's why we're here um, and we're just a we're just a bridge to when there is hopefully follow-up clinics and you know there's more formal um rehabilitation pathways for people coming out of icu but until then um it, it's all that people have and it's lovely to know you have a choice i mean people might who have cancer know that arc is there mm. and they know that cancer support is there but they won't all use it but there's something lovely about knowing ah if i want to go there i can and it, it just gives you that sense of maybe calm that um, it's there, uh, a little bit of security, and if I want to use it, I can do it. If I don't, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, even if you don't take it now, you might know. No, it might time. be later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it just means for family, they can look up. We've had family members join without the patient because they want to know what can we do. Yeah. And I mean, they're traumatised a lot of the time. Yeah. And then with COVID, when families couldn't get in, um, I guess the patient, their experience is even more alien to the family because yeah. maybe they'd see on when when you do the facetime calls they'd yeah. see something yeah. but they're not in that room and getting a whole gauge of what's going yeah. on yeah. so that you know that's pretty hard yeah the fear of the unknown yeah what they were going through as well so so even there's a icu steps we're going to put it on our website to have a 3d um they have a 3d look at icu and the beds and equipment oh, and everything so we're going to put it on our sites and i can share it with you yeah that'd be brilliant and for, for family members who haven't actually got into an icu mm. it gives them a whole different idea okay now i know yeah what it entails so all uh, education and guidance is i think the the key thing here for people yeah that's great barbara thanks so much for coming in tonight no we bother really at all. you're really it. welcome thank you thank you uh so everyone we hope you enjoyed our podcast today please subscribe on whatever platform you are using and drop us a recommendation, topic suggestion to education team at stjames.ie. Thanks Mel and we'll talk to you very soon. <laughs>